Thank you so much, worship team. You know, when we, uh, when we sing like that, when we lift our voices and our hearts and our hands to the Lord, can you just imagine what the Lord is experiencing? I think the Lord is smiling. I think he's happy. I think he's joyful. Because, you know, when we worship, we give God pleasure. He enjoys that. And, uh, and that is our purpose in life is to bring pleasure to God. But thank you so much to our worship team for leading us in a time of worship. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But good morning, everyone. Good to greet each and every one of you this morning. It's good to see you. Yes, uh, let's put up on the big screen here. Today, as already mentioned, today is Super Bowl Sunday. And so I, uh, some of you have, have, uh, have worn your, your jerseys for your team. So uh, some of you have... Uh, I see a couple, I see a New England, I see Pittsburgh, I see Washington, I see, is that a team? Uh, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> <laughs> But it's great, uh, I don't know what you're planning to do, I see Green Bay up there as well, I saw some Oakland Raiders earlier, but you know, how many, um, how many of you, um, how many of you are going to watch the game today? Some of you? Who's cheering for the Chiefs today, anybody? Come on, let me hear Chiefs. Who's cheering for the Bucks today? Okay, who doesn't care who wins today? Yeah, most of you don't care. Well, enjoy the game today if you're going to watch the game, and if not, have a good day anyway. But it's a, it's a, it's a great day today, and uh, you know what? It's interesting, you know, it's already February, and what is next Sunday? Anybody know what next Sunday is? Yes, yes, there you go, Valentine's Day. So guys, while you are watching the game today, you have one week to plan for next Sunday. It's a Valentine's Day, all right? So uh, I'm going to put a little plug in the Croc Center. Uh, we're selling Valentine dinners uh, to go, and uh, our own chef is making a, a beautiful dinner, and uh, you can get tickets uh, at our front desk. But uh, yes, if you give it a chance, you don't need to, uh, you don't need to cook. You don't need to go out, just enjoy it at home. But happy Valentine's Day next week. And, uh, you know, it's all about love. Yesterday, uh, Debbie and I attended a wedding, uh, and it was a virtual wedding. So we watched it online, and it, I think it was the first virtual wedding we've attended. But it was a beautiful wedding, and uh, love was certainly in the air and just reminded me again of Valentine's Day next week. But we're going to be talking about love today. And... Um, you know, as we go through this series, What on Earth Am I Here For?, we're also going to be discussing uh, the core values of our church. And you can see behind me and above me on these banners up here, these are our five core values. A love for God, a love for others, the fact that we need to be uh, growing in Christ, that we need to be equipping the body, equipping the saints for the work of service, and of course, we need to be sharing the gospel. But as you think about core values, and I hope you have a set of core values in your own personal life, but that's what you base your life on. That's what you base your decisions on. That's how you live your life, based on some very, very solid core values. And you'll notice as we, as we talk that all of these core values we have are, is founded in the Word of God. And so it's so important. So I would encourage each of you, if you don't already have established a set of core values in your own personal life, wherever that may be, I, I pray that you would do that and that you would base it on God's word and that you could possibly even base it on our church's core values as well. 
And that is our aim, to do that. So let's, um, let's pray. Just, let's pray this morning before we get started. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that uh, we can celebrate your love. And we've already uh, sung about your love, how great your love is for us and how much you care for us. And so, Father, we're going to be talking more about that today, how great your love is for us. And then as we receive your love this morning, Father, and we receive it freely because it's freely given to us, I pray, Father, that we would respond in kind and that we would love you in return. And Lord, so help us this morning to, uh, to listen with a, a, an open heart and a, and a clear mind and a better understanding of what you'd have for us this day. And so I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're continuing on our journey that we started last week. And if you weren't here last week, it's okay. But we're doing some exploring and we're asking ourselves the questions that I believe everyone at some time in their life ponders and seeks to find an answer. What on earth? What on earth am I here for? Why am I, why am I alive? Does my, life, does my life really matter? What is my purpose in life? And if you haven't joined us, I pray that you would. We gave out a, a ton of books last week. We still have books left over. We want to give this book out to as many people as we can. So if you don't have a book, I encourage you to pick one up before you leave. Take another copy to share with someone else. And all we're asking you to do is to, to read the book. There's a short reading, a daily reading every day. Um, and then join together with others to discuss that. And I've been hearing a lot of stories already this week of people meeting and reading and, and, and meeting in small groups and having great, solid discussions. Uh, and this is a good, solid book, lots of good material. It's all based on the Word of God, so it's based on Scripture. But I would encourage you to do that. We want our entire church to be involved in this. So please do that. Grab a book, take the time to read it, uh, spend some time discussing it as we go through each of these lessons. You know, our Sunday sermons, uh, we can only touch a little bit of what the, uh, what the material is. So it's really important that you dive a little bit deeper and you spend each day in reading each chapter. And so, it brings us back to this question, what on earth am I here for? What is the purpose of my life? And last week we quoted that verse, Romans chapter 8, 28. Uh, and it's a verse that's very well known. And it says this, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. How many of you have quoted that verse before and hung on and clung to that verse? Because it's very true. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we focused on those two words last week, called and purpose. And so to understand your life's purpose and to understand your life's calling, you have to begin with God, first of all, because God, because God created you. You can't, tell yourself, you can't tell yourself what your purpose is. Only our Creator can tell us that. Your purpose, your calling in life, actually begins with God. And it begins in the nature of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. I'm sure many of you have quoted this verse. It's a very simple verse to memorize. The Bible tells us that God is love. That God doesn't just have love, 
God doesn't just show love, but that God is love. Love is the very nature, it's the very character, it's the very essence of God. And there would be no love in the universe if it weren't for the fact that God is love. There would be no Valentine's Day next week. The only reason you're able to love, the only reason you're able to give and receive love is because God, who is a God of love, made you in his image. You see, tiny ants crawling on the ground, they can't love. Snails can't love, cows can't love, but human beings love. Why? Because we're made in the image of God. The Bible says that everything in the universe was created so that God could love it. God has never made anything he doesn't love. He loves every rock, he loves every tree, every plant, every animal. He loves every human being. God has never made anything he doesn't love. So if you're alive today, it means God loves you. And you were created as an object of God's love. He made you to love you. He made you to love you. Say to someone next to you, say this to them, God made me to love me. Say that. Say that to someone else. God made me to love me. You know the greatest need I believe in the world today and has been for a long time? The greatest need in our world today is for people to be loved, for people to be known, to be acknowledged, to be valued, to be loved. I still remember when I was a teenager, a youngster growing up. Now I grew up in a pastor's home, but for some reason, I was very insecure. I was an introvert, I was very shy, I was very quiet, but deep down inside, I didn't know if I was loved. I didn't know that, I didn't feel that, I didn't sense that. And then to make matters worse, when I was 18, and I've shared this story before, my father passed away unexpectedly, and I fell into a deeper hole. I didn't know, I didn't feel, I didn't sense that anybody really loved me. And that was my greatest need. And I think many people can, can relate to that. And so I grew up in church. I knew lots of the Bible and the Bible verses. But this one verse kept standing out to me. Romans 8, 28. But also this one from the Old Testament. Jeremiah 31, 3. And it's God speaking to Jeremiah. And he says, Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love with an everlasting love. And I thought about that for a while, and he said, well, yeah, he loves me for, forever. It's like going to time, that's everlasting. But if you go the other way, if you go the other way, God loves me even before time was created. Everlasting means everlasting. There was no beginning, there is no end. And so God reminded me, Phil, I love you, I love you with an everlasting love. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter one, verses four and five. Ephesians one, four and five, and this is what it says. The Bible says this, long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. God loved us and chose us. Let's, let's stop right there. 
You see, before God even created the universe, before he created the universe, he had already chosen you and loved you. Say that to yourself. God chose me. Say it again. God chose me. Say, God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. You see, God made the universe so that he could make the earth, so that he could make the human race, so that he could make you, so that he could love you. If God wanted, hadn't wanted to love you, all this other stuff wouldn't have happened. And so it says in this verse, before he made the world, before he made the rest of the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan has always been, there you go, from the very beginning of time, from everlasting to everlasting, his unchanging plan has always been, and what was his plan? To adopt, to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You know, when, <clears throat> when a family adopts a child, they really want that child. They love that child. They don't have to, but they do. So try to understand that concept, that that was God's plan from the very beginning because he loved us, loved us and chose us, that he adopted us into his family. And so, the verse continues, and so this, <clears throat> this gave him, and this means this plan, this plan to have a family. God wanted a family, and he wanted you to be a part of it. And the reason the universe exists is because God wanted a family. It was all made so that we could be made, so that we could be loved. And then the, the verse concludes, it says, and then this, this whole plan, this plan gave him great pleasure. It gave God great pleasure. And so the Bible says that we are planned for God's pleasure. And the reason in your lives that God made you to love you. So what on earth am I here for? What's the purpose of my life? And here it is. Here's the first purpose that we're going to look at this morning. The first purpose of my life is to be loved by God and to bring him pleasure. That may seem pretty elementary for some of you. Maybe some of you already know this and you already experienced this. But you know, our hope is that even as we go through the book and even as you're meeting new people and inviting them to be part of your small group, there may be some people who don't know this concept and don't understand it. And perhaps they have this need to be loved and to find out what their purpose in life is. But this is such a critical component of that. So the first purpose, the first reason you were created is to be loved by God. God made you to love you. God made me to love me. And so let that sink in for just a bit. The first purpose of your life is not to serve God. The first purpose of your life is not to trust God. The first purpose of your life is not to obey God. The first purpose of your life is not even to love God. No. The first purpose of your life is to let God love you. To let him take delight in you to let him enjoy you, to let him take pleasure in you. It's like the parents of a, of a newborn baby. They just love to love on that baby, don't they? They just take such utter delight in him 
or her. They're just so overjoyed that this baby is now a part of their family. And what does that little baby have to do? Nothing. The baby doesn't have to do anything but to just be the recipient of their love and care. So God, God didn't create you in the first place to do something. He created you in the first place to receive something. And if you understand this truth, it's going to transform your life. I have that my number one purpose in life is not to do something for God, but it's to receive something from God, to get his love, because, because I was made to be the receptacle, the, the recipient, a receiver, a beneficiary of God's love. We've got to let that sink into us. So please understand, your first duty in life is not to do something which sometimes goes counterintuitive what we've all been raised and brought up on your first duty in life is not to do something it's not to learn it's not to listen it's not to pray it's not to give it's not to sacrifice it's not to serve now don't get me wrong these are all good things and they'll all come later but they're not the first thing god created you to do he created you to accept and receive his love. To just let God love you. To just let him love on you. And that's the first purpose of life. So let me ask you this question this morning. Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you? Can you let, just let God love you? There's nothing else you need to do. But can you do that? If you can, say amen. amen. That was kind of a weak amen. <laughs> can you do that? Amen. And if you think about that, it's such a liberating thing. It takes this whole burden of, I, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. And I have this whole long list of things to do and I have to do it. No, we don't. The first purpose that God created us is just to receive his love and to fully grasp that and understand it. And so, if the first purpose of, of our life is to be loved by God, then that needs to take place in the context of a relationship with God. That can only happen in a relationship. And so, the first purpose, my first purpose is to let God love me and my calling is to enjoy a relationship with God. And it's a, it's a personal relationship. And so what I'm saying is so, it's so foundational. It's that the, the number one calling in your life is not to a role, and I keep repeating myself, but I, I want to I make this point. It's not to a role, it's not to a responsibility, it's not to a bunch of rules and rituals and traditions, and it's not to religion. But it's to a relationship. It's to a relationship. Now this is going to surprise some of you, but Christianity, being a follower of Jesus Christ, is not a religion, okay? It's not a religion. My definition of a religion, religion is man trying to reach up to God by doing all these things. That's my definition of religion. And so many people try to make it a religion. They try to make it about rules and regulations and rituals, but it's not about that. Jesus said it's about a relationship. It's not us trying to reach up to God, but it's God reaching down to us. 
sending his son down from the glory of heaven down to this earth. God initiates that. It's nothing we can do about it. It's God reaching down to man. It's God sent Jesus Christ so that we could have a relationship and not a religion, a personal relationship with God. And so that is such a foundational thing to know and to understand. And if you're sharing it with other people, that's a very important thing to know and understand. We talk about relationship, and that's what it is. It's not a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about having a relationship with God. So what kind of a relationship is this? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, What an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us, that we should be named and called and counted the children of God. And so we are. This is your number one calling in life, to be in relationship with God. And because we are loved by God, because he counts us as his sons and daughters, because we are the recipients of his goodness and grace, the question then is, how should we respond to that? How should we live our lives? What are we supposed to do when all we, when we receive God's love? Now what? What happens after that? Say you're working for a boss or a supervisor, and she is really, really kind and helpful and generous. She's a great motivator, a, a manager, a great leader, a great coach, probably one of the best bosses you've ever worked for. You think about that scenario. So what would your attitude be towards her and to your work? Wouldn't you want to do the best job you could possibly do? Wouldn't you want to please her, to make her proud of you, to make her look good? Isn't this the way we should be with God? Because he's been so good to us, because he loves us unconditionally, shouldn't we want to please him and make him proud of us? Not because we have to, not out of a sense of, of duty or, or obligation, but, but because we want to, because it, it overflows out of a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. I don't know if any of you remember this, uh, this TV series from a few years ago. It was the late 1990s and early 2000s. It was called The, the West Wing. Any of you remember that? It starred Martin Sheen and uh, Rob Lowe and a few others. And this was a story about the President of the United States and a number of his advisors. And they would go through the drama each week facing different scenarios. But this line would always come up in the midst of these different advisors and people who served the president. And it was this, they would always say, I serve at the pleasure of the President of the United States of America. That line kind of struck me. I don't know if all of them were uh, very true to that phrase, but they would always say that. I serve at the pleasure of the President of the United States of America. You see, our first purpose in life is to be loved by God and then to what? To bring him pleasure. To bring him pleasure. So let's talk a few moments about what it means to bring God pleasure. God pleasure. It means to obey him. It means to please him. It means to make him smile. It means to bring enjoyment to him. And, to be, and because he is God, to bring him honor and glory. That's what it means to bring him 
pleasure. So the question again today is, how do you bring pleasure to God? How do you bring joy to God? You know, that's a question we asked several people last week. And we had our crock cam uh, going out into the streets, really not the streets, but into the courtyard of our crock center. And I want to say thank you to Kyla, who's sitting down here. She was our photographer. She went and asked some of you questions. But this was the question. How do you bring joy to God? So let's just watch this video for a few minutes and let's see how different people bring joy to God. Yes, thank you. Thank you for those who uh, were on the camera. Thank you for sharing. And uh, again, thank you to Kyla. Appreciate that. How do you bring God joy? You know, bringing God joy and bringing pleasure to God is actually called worship. Did you know that? That's what worship is. Our love for God is our worship of God. And we do that when we bring joy to him. Psalm 147:11 says, the Lord is pleased only with those who worship him and trust his love. Think about it. Anything you do, anything you do that brings pleasure to God, that puts a smile on his face, that brings him a sense of joy, that brings him honor and glory, is an act of worship. And sometimes we think that worship is just singing songs and, and, and raising our hands in church. But worship is, is far more than music. Worship is displaying our love for God in our daily life, in our daily actions and interactions, whether you're at home or work or school, with coworkers, with friends or family. Everything you do, everything you do can and should be considered an act of worship when you do it for the praise and the glory and the pleasure of God. We're gonna talk a little bit more about this in just a few moments, but I'm gonna call the worship team uh, to come back to the stage. And we started this morning asking that question, what is the purpose of my life? What on earth am I here for? And we discovered today that our first purpose in life is to be loved by God and to bring him pleasure and to worship him, to worship him. And you know what, there's, there's so much more to cover. It's in the book, I hope you do that in your weekly discussions. Um, and we've just sort of touched the tip of the iceberg. But I encourage you to dive deeper, to find out a little bit more about this, this first purpose that God has for us. And so the question is, so how are you living out this purpose in your life? And I just have two questions, even as we close and bring to a close this morning. And I want you to think about them. How's your relationship with God? And the second question, how's your worship? How's your relationship? Remember we talked about, it's about a relationship. It's not about a religion. You know that God loves you, that he chose you and he loved you from, the, from before the world began. So how are you responding? Remember Jer Jeremiah 31.3? Are you feeling that? Are you experiencing that? God says, I love you with an everlasting love. Do you know that? John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, all we have to do is receive him. 
nothing else. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us that even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the question this morning is, what's, how's your relationship? Perhaps you're not in a relationship with God. Perhaps you need to be. Perhaps your relationship is strained. Perhaps you drifted off, you've got distracted. Come back. Come back to God. Receive his love again. It's for you. And the second question was, how's your worship? By the way you live your life, are you bringing pleasure to God? It's more than just coming to church on Sunday and singing songs. Are you bringing honor and glory to God in your daily actions, in your interactions with others? You know, every day I have to ask myself, am I living a life Am I living a life that is honoring and pleasing to God? Am I loving others in such a way that pleases God? Am I giving and serving in a way that brings joy and a smile to God's face? Am I leading my family and my relationships in such a way that honors God? When I'm having an argument with my wife and I'm, I'm set in my ways and I, and I won't compromise and I won't give in, is that pleasing to God? Does that bring him joy? When I neglect having my quiet time, time of devotions and praying and reading God's word and spending time with God, when I neglect that and don't do that, does that bring God joy? When I ignore or pass by someone in need because I'm, I'm, I'm too busy or I don't want to be inconvenienced, is that honoring to God? When he says to love your neighbor as yourself. How about when I sing songs of worship with my lips, yet my mind and my heart is, is somewhere else, far away perhaps? And am I just going through the motions? Does that bring God pleasure? The list goes on and on and on. But I ask you this morning, how is your worship? You know, the worship team is going to sing a beautiful song. It's called The Heart of Worship. And that's really what it is. And it's all about God. Worship, bringing pleasure to God. It's all about Him. It's not about us. And so even as they sing this morning, I ask you to, to bow your heads and to to listen and let the music minister to your heart, but allow God's Spirit to speak to your heart as well and ask yourselves these questions. How's my relationship with God? And how's my worship? And let God's Spirit speak to you this morning.